one of our core values is excellence. And, and part of that is always being humble enough to know that you can always be better than you are today. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back. Today we're talking about how to get booked as an expert on podcasts and how to maximize the return on investment for your time. Joining us to have this conversation are Jessica Rhodes and Margie Feltune, who are the co-owners of Interview Connections, which is the first and leading podcast booking agency. Now, Jessica has been on the show before and told us about her entrepreneurial journey back in episode number 19. And Margie came on to share her best strategies for self-care as a seven-figure female entrepreneur who has battled depression. It was a great conversation, and I'll link both of those interviews up in the show notes so that you can tune in as well. But if you've thought about getting on podcasts as a guest and wonder what it takes, how you position yourself, how you know when you're ready, how to maximize the experience, and really all the ins and outs, and you're going to love today's conversation. So let's get into the show. Hey, Jess and Margie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having us. Hey, Michelle, thank you so much. Well, this is fun for me. I love talking all things podcasting, and it occurred to me, so Jess, you were on the show when it first launched, you were one of the first interviews I did. It was one of the, you know, early in the show. And we got to talk about your entrepreneurial journey and how you started Interview Connections. And then I interviewed Marky on self-care tips from seven-figure women and best strategies. And so it occurred to me, your expertise is in podcasting. And so many people want to get into the world of podcasting. They want to be guests and they want to know how to maximize the opportunity. So I'm so happy to have you guys here to talk about that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited to, to be back on the show. Let's just start actually just having you just do a brief introduction of what Interview Connections does. Sure. So we are the first and leading guest booking agency for podcasts. So we represent six and seven and eight figure entrepreneurs who leverage podcast interviews on other people's shows um, to increase their brand awareness, to generate leads and get clients. Um, so our team of booking agents pitches and books and, and makes connections for entrepreneurs. Awesome. And your business has been exploding. So you are not hit by this virus right now, right? I mean, this is the perfect medium because all you need is a microphone and to be at home and you can connect to anyone in the world. I mean, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's, it's been a real silver lining that our business is in the virtual speaking and networking space at a time where everyone suddenly realized the importance of virtual speaking and networking. And it was always important. And we've been preaching this for seven years, but I don't think every entrepreneur was prioritizing it until everything happened with COVID. 
Yeah. yeah it's been really interesting. Um, like seeing how everyone reacts to it because we were in the middle of a launch in March when everything like really came to a head. I think it was like March 15th where, where we both were like, we're in quarantine now. And that was like the Sunday of a launch for us. And so especially doing sales consultations with potential clients throughout over the last several months and like seeing how people went from really scared and shocked to, okay, this is, it's going to be okay, but it's going to be different to now like, oh crap, I've been in shock for two months and I need to like get things going again. It's been really interesting to say the least. Absolutely. I mean, it's just an unusual time for sure. And I think that, you know, podcast guesting has always been a great strategy for anyone, but people are just really, I think, waking up to it. It's really interesting for me to see as a podcast host, how the industry is changing, how so many new shows are getting added. Like, every day. So before we get into some of the strategies, I was curious if you could share some stats about the podcast industry and where it's at right now. Sure. Do you want me to take that one, Marky? So there are over a million valid podcasts on Apple Podcasts, which is crazy because almost a year ago, it was 700,000. So it's it's growing by hundreds of thousands every single year. And the listenership of podcasts, um, you know, anywhere from a few hundred to a few thousand downloads per episode is where we see a lot of the audience sizes for the types of shows that our clients are getting multiple six-figure, you know, returns from uh, with, with their podcast interview strategies. So as far as where the stats are, you know, this is a medium where you're in front of a very really small. Like honestly, it's a small audience, but very targeted and very engaged and there are so many shows to be on. It's crazy. It's so true. I'm actually glad that you said that because I think some people have a perception. So there's the Joe Rogans out there, the Tim Ferrisses who, you know, report whatever multi-million downloads per year per episode. Um and then there's, you know, the the shows with people like me who are committed and have a very engaged audience that really appreciates the thoughtful content and the, not that theirs isn't thoughtful too, but it's not as, you know, you're not a comedian like a Joe Rogan or, you know, an influencer in that way. And yet um, I actually read an interesting article with a guy who had been on one of these big shows. I don't think it was one of theirs, but somebody with a million downloads. He said he got zero like return on investment. And then he went on a show, a small show and got so much more engagement because, you know, it's just a different animal. Can you speak to that actually? Yeah, that is something that we see all the time. And the positioning of being on really big podcasts or traditional media is great because you can say I was on this and people think it's cool. But in terms of actually monetizing it, we see that all the time. We have one of our clients, Eric Brotman, is on the news, like the mainstream news in front of so many people. He gets recognized like at the coffee shop, but he's never gotten a single client from those appearances because it's not targeted. It's just the masses. And he doesn't work with, you know, just anybody. He's got a very specific target audience. Then he started guesting on podcasts. And at this point, a third of his clients come from podcasting. So 
it's not surprising at all. And then with big podcasts, we've had clients who really wanted to be on like a big show. They wanted to be in front of a ton of people, even though they knew it wasn't that targeted. And they ended up being flooded with unqualified leads or hearing nothing. We've had, we had two clients recently share one, it was crickets because it wasn't his target audience, even though it was a lot of people. And then the other one, she was flooded with leads who were totally unqualified to work with her and then had to deal with all these people and figure out what to do with them. I think that's really important information for people to hear, especially if someone is considering, you know, being on a show because you hear people say, oh, I just want to be on this show because it's so well known, but they're not really thinking more about who the audience is and is it aligned with what they do. But where does somebody actually start? So, you know, a lot of the people who are listening are going to be like, well, this is really new to me. Like, clearly they know what they're talking about, but what do, where do, what do I do? Where do I even begin? Yeah. So, I mean, whenever we talk about kind of first steps to getting started, I think it's really important with any marketing strategy to have clarity around your goals for the strategy, your goals for doing podcast interviews and your why. So goals in terms of strategy is like, what do you want to get out of it? What are the results? Um, So you want you know awareness for your book, you want leads for your business, you want backlinks for your website, kind of those like tangible trackable goals. So that's really important to have because you can't you can't assess if something is successful if you don't have like results that you're that you're working towards. And then the other side of it is knowing your why because this is a strategy. It's a slow burn. You don't you know always get results right away. Um, it does take a while for you to really see those results. So you have to have that deeper why to drive you and to know that like, okay, even if I do this interview and I don't get leads from it right away, knowing that you're having an impact with your message is what kind of keeps you going. So I think like the first two steps is knowing your goal and then getting really clear on your why and what the impact of your message is. So good. And how do people even identify the right shows? We just talked about how people are aware of the big ones, but how do they find the ones that are going to have the market that they're pitching to or want to be connected to? Yeah. So once you're really clear on your goals, what your why is and who your target audience is that you're targeting, and it might be two different audiences because you have two different goals. But once you have clarity on that audience, it becomes a lot easier to assess, you know, which one of the millions of shows on iTunes is actually going to get you in front of that target audience. And we have two full-time employees who all they do is show research all they do is find and identify shows that are a good fit for our clients. So there is a ton of legwork involved. There's no great database yet for podcasts. So it's a lot of legwork. You can Google, you can search Apple Podcasts, search Listen Notes, but you want to look for shows. We always look for shows that have over 20 episodes because you know that they've kind of gotten over the hump and they're probably going to stick with the show. They're not going to pod fade out because <laughs> they had a good, they liked the idea, but then didn't want to stick with it, which it, I'm sure you know happens a lot. Um, And making sure that they're publishing recently because shows stay up forever. So maybe the last episode was in 2016, but the show is still up. So checking details like that, making sure they're actually an interview show because it may be a perfect topic for you. But if they've never had a guest and you pitch them, they're not going to be thrilled with that because it it looks like you didn't do your research. So by looking at the description, by listening to episodes of the show, getting an idea of who they're talking to and whether it aligns with who your target audience is. And then another way we 
really evaluate shows is who is the host? Because if the host of that show is a great connection for you, it's an ideal client or it's someone who has a lot of influence with ideal clients, then that's going to be a great show for you to go on. Okay. There's a few things I want to unpack there. And I'm so glad you mentioned about uh, the pod fading. So for people who aren't familiar with that term, 40% of the podcasts that are out there don't get beyond 20 episodes. So what Margie's talking about is to really assess, do they have more than 20 episodes? It means that that host is committed to doing the show beyond that. And so you definitely want to pay attention to that. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that's important. I want to get a little bit more into strategy, but what you talked about, Margie, I think was important knowing who that host is from a networking perspective, a business, you know, business prospecting perspective. I've hired people who have been on my show, an organizational, somebody does home organizing. I mean, you just make a connection for networking purposes. I mean, there's so many ways that you can benefit from podcasting. But um, let's, Jess, did you want to say something on that? Yeah, I wanted to highlight that. I'm so glad that you brought that up too, because that's always the thing that I really want to highlight is the host connection. And I mean, just because we're on this show, like, you're just such a great example um, of that because you interview so many um, guests that are female seven-figure entrepreneurs. So when you know us, for example, and like clients, we have that you know if their target is seven-figure female entrepreneurs. Like I will tell them, Michelle's podcast is great to be on because she interviews a lot of seven-figure female entrepreneurs. So if you want to connect with people, that would be you know open to referring the right client. Like you want to connect with people that are like hanging out with the people that you want to connect with. And so, because I know that you hang out on this podcast with a lot of seven figure female entrepreneurs, like it's just, that's the strategy of it. Like if your goal is to get connected with a certain market, go on shows hosted by people that are interviewing that type of person. Like you've referred lots of your guests to, to our service, which is so amazing. And thank you so much. And, and um, yeah, so that, that host connection is, is everything. Totally. Well, I'm a fan of what you guys do. And like what Margie was saying with there's two dedicated people doing the research on shows. Not everyone has the time to spend vetting shows and figuring it out, especially when you're new to getting on podcasts and you don't even really know what to look for or how to assess it. Um, When you are working with a new client, what do you have them prepare? I know there's the one sheet. Can you give us a little bit more about, you know, when you're actually pitching what you want to say to engage the host. I know I've received a lot of pitches, so I could speak on this a little bit, but, um, and then what do you have them prepare so that um, a lot of the legwork is done for the host to assess? Yeah. So as you said, we make all of our clients a one sheet, which is really important. And it has their bio, their headshot, suggested topics and questions. So that is all to make the host job easier. Obviously, the host doesn't have to just ask suggested questions, but it gives them an idea of where the conversation could go because we always want to make it easier on hosts. And then in terms of prep before being on a podcast, we do have our clients, you know, practice. We suggest they practice answering their suggested questions and have some stories ready so that they can tell stories rather than just answering questions with like, you know, a sentence, you know, really bring the listener in. So we do trainings like that with our clients. Um, and then obviously having a nice online presence and a nice website so that when the host looks into you to decide if they want to interview you, they can see at a glance your internet presence and see that you're legit. 
Yeah, that's really helpful. I'm glad you said that because I was uh, my next question was going to be how does someone know when they're actually ready to be on a show? Yeah, this is this is a great question because I just um our client Anna who just started working with us recently, we're in a mastermind with her when, you know, we had a call. She's like, "Okay, like I think I want to get out there on podcast, but like am I ready?" And what I told her is I said, "Anna, I know you're ready because number one, you have the credibility the credibility and the experience to teach about what you want to talk about. Like you've built a seven-figure business and you want to teach people, you know, she's she's launching a coaching business, so she wants to be on shows for business owners." I said, "Number one, you have the credibility to do that because you've built a seven-figure business. That's that's step 1." You know, step two is, you know, I ask, okay, what is your expertise? What makes you different from the millions of other business coaches out there? And she was able to say, this is, you know, my unique experience and expertise. Um, And then just being a great speaker, being able to have a conversation, having the confidence to say, I am an expert in this. I mean, those are kind of the three three things that I look for because, you know, when somebody has, doesn't have a lot of experience business, like we've been in business for seven years, we were just preparing a training for our clients on how we got to seven figures. And, you know, you go through so much trial and error in this first couple of years. So if you're in the first year or two in business, typically we say like, you might not be ready to be speaking about, <laughs> about what you're doing. Like you're still figuring it out. And not to say you, you, can't be getting interviewed, but to really effectively leverage it, you want to have gone through some of the storms and made it out on the other side to then talk about it and teach about it in, you know, an eloquent way. And well, actually, let me ask you then. So have you had people come to you and you've said, I don't think you're ready yet? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have. Um, must be hard, but yes. Yeah. I mean, we have done and, and we've worked hard and there's just been, you know, we're constantly evolving um, the business, but we, we have a lot of systems in place where we typically don't get on the phone with people um, unless we realize, you know, we know that they're ready. So we've got, you know, kind of a, a system in place where we ask questions along the way. Um, you know, like we, we do ask about revenue um, because if somebody is not yet at six figures, typically investing in our service isn't the thing that's going to get them cash that's going to get them over six figures you know so we kind of ask some qualifying questions before we even get on the phone but there's been a couple times where I do end up on the phone with someone and I say I don't think this is the right strategy for you right now and just one example of that is you need to want to talk to people like I had one call with somebody that was like I just don't like talking to people and I was like you should not do this <laughs> you don't want to talk to people <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Probably She's like, everyone's not- telling me I should do this. And I'm like, but you really don't want to. <laughs> right. But that's good. I think that's good. It, it isn't, there's so many different mediums. You just have to pick where your skill set's going to shine. And if you're a good storyteller to what Margie was talking about, I think I appreciate a good story when somebody comes on and can really paint that picture and you're with that person. I mean, but stories um, actually go into the part of the brain where memory is stored. And so that's why when you're giving facts without backing it up with the stories, or once you give those examples, that's what stays with people. They may not remember all the tips, but they're going to remember those stories. And that's how you impact change, which as a host, I definitely appreciate. Um, I'm curious, have you seen any mistakes people have made um, that make you cringe when they go on shows or things that you coach to avoid that with your own clients? Yeah, I think the most cringeworthy thing, well, first I'll say you don't have to be perfect at being interviewed and speaking to get started because, you know, our clients are doing four shows a month 
every single month for a year, two years, three years. Mm. So their speaking is continually improving, especially if they're committed to getting better and they listen back to their interviews and they ask hosts for feedback. So you don't have to be perfect to get started, but (laughs) there are things, the biggest things that I think are the most cringeworthy is when people think that podcast interviews are an infomercial and don't understand that really podcasting and this community is about serving and giving value. And they're just selling and selling and selling. So we really caution our clients against that and make sure they're going into it with a mindset of service and not pitching. Yeah, no, that's great. And actually you can see that with people who do public speaking you know, or they're on panels and you see the panelist who is adding value and then the one who's just selling, selling and everyone just immediately turns off. So I, I can see that. Um, what do you advise your clients to do to maximize the experience? So now I want to get into, you know, some of the return on investment for being a guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing is it's having a system in place because I I, I want to go into some tips of like things that you should be doing. But the first thing is like having a system in place. So all of these tips don't totally overwhelm you and you feel like you don't have time for it because number one, how you can be maximizing these interviews is uh, sharing about them. You know, when you get booked, doing a quick post, oh, I'm so excited. I just got booked for a podcast interview. I'll share it when it, I'll share it when it goes live. Just by saying it, not even saying what show you are on, although you should, you, you know, you do that, but just sharing with your community that you are getting booked to be interviewed about your expertise puts a message out to your following that you are in demand for what, what you teach about. And that up levels your positioning. People look at you differently when you are constantly, consistently getting interviewed. So posting about it when you get booked, when you're, when you record the interview, share about the recording when it goes live and then consistently sharing it, you know, even after, um, after it goes live. So sharing about it, really focusing on your relationship with the host. So, you know, I, I was interviewed this morning, um, and I invited the host. I said, Oh, you should join our Facebook group. He joined our Facebook group. So now he's going to be in our community and our community managers will be direct messaging with him. So really, doing something where you're either in their community, maybe they have a Facebook group that you can join or inviting the host to be in your community. So you stay on each other's radar and, you know, having your interview replays on your um, press page, you know, so when people come to your website, they can see that you were interviewed. So, you know, these are, and there's a lot more tips that we have, but I say a system because all of this seems very overwhelming. If you don't a have an admin assistant, who's helping you do all of this stuff or a, basically a spreadsheet where you have all of the steps. So whenever I get interviewed, you know, I'll put the name of the show. I'll put posts on social media, check post on, you know, do this check, have it all systematized. So that way, when you get an interview, you're just going through the checklist rather than being like, Oh my God, I have to do all this stuff. <laughs> and that's great advice. Were you going to say something, Margie or no? No. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I'm glad that you brought that up. And it's interesting because I view a podcast interview almost as free PR for for your service, for your company, for your business. It's literally somebody's giving you 30 minutes to an hour to literally talk about your story, your journey, what makes you unique. And it's actually, and I'd say most people are good about, you know, sharing and doing that, but it's always interesting. And I think when people don't, because I think maybe they don't even understand the full value. And I know even when I've guessed it, when I post that I've been on a show, people are like, wow, that's amazing. 
Whereas you're producing a show every week. You know what I'm saying? So it's just interesting. There's a perception when you're on somebody else's show that it carries, to your point, more weight. So I think um, maybe that's part of what you educate your clients on, which is probably what makes them great guests. And I will say that when I hear from your firm, I'm always excited because I know it's going to be a good interview. And there have been a couple of people who have come on who have now like, I consider them some of my favorite people, just just good humans, you know, that I'm just like so happy to still be in touch with. So I'm just going to give you guys a little credit for that because you know Thank your stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank for you. sure. Um, okay. So I know you guys do a masterclass. You mentioned Facebook and you basically teach everything somebody needs to know to get on the shows, how to do a lot of what we talked about. You mentioned the benefit of actually monetizing. Can you talk a little bit more about how this comes into play? Yes. So there's a few ways to monetize podcast interviews, and that's the relationship with the host, the audience, and then repurposing the content for social proof and just your own content in your business. So the host, we always talk about first, as Jess said before, because a lot of people think about this as traditional PR and they're only thinking audience. They're only thinking reach. But as you said, you've hired people that you've interviewed and that happens all the time. Our clients will frequently have a host become a client who will invest with them way more than what they paid to work with us to get on the shows. So an audience hasn't even heard the interview yet and they've already gotten an ROI. So that high-end networking aspect is the easiest way to monetize. If you show up on people's show, if you're going on shows with people who are your target audience and you're really serving, you're really connecting with them in a genuine way with no agenda, you will naturally just get hosts signing up on clients as clients. So that's number one, I would say the easiest way to monetize. That's awesome. Jess? Yeah. Um, also repurposing your content um, is a really great way to monetize because you know creating content is something we all need to be doing. It takes time. It takes energy. It does take money and effort. And when you get interviewed on podcasts, you're literally being fed ideas of content and content is being created for you. So being able to share and post about your interviews is a way that you can be educating your market. I mean, one of our follow-up strategies when we are in touch with, you know, potential clients is sharing interviews that we've done. You know, sharing episodes of podcasts and I was just interviewed yesterday on Michelle Barry Franco's podcast. She's a client of ours and it was so great she told this whole story about how we first met and then how I followed up with her until she actually became a client. And part of how I followed up with her was I was like, hey, you know, I just did this interview. I think you'd like it. Like literally podcast interviews helped me get her as a client because if I had no content to share with her, no interviews, no podcasts, it would, I don't know if she would have actually became a client of ours. So actually leveraging your interviews. So it's repurposing the content, but it's also leveraging interviews you've done in your follow-ups with potential clients. Our client, David Lemley, owns an agency and he'll put interviews he's done in his newsletter. He'll send it to clients and even give them a timestamp like, oh, go to a minute, 
five and you'll hear me answer the question that we talked about on our call. Mm. Um, so that way you're not telling someone to listen to a whole 30 minute interview, but you're actually saying, Hey, go to this portion of the interview and you're going to hear about me. Um, so you can really leverage these interviews in your sales process. And by posting them on your social media, our other client, John said that he had a client, a potential client meeting and they came to the meeting saying, Oh yeah, I listened to your podcast. I saw it on your social media pages. You know, so. wow. Well, I'll share what happened to one of my guests that came on. She was looking to get some early stage funding for her for her company, and she was going to be meeting with this venture capitalist or angel. It was actually an angel investor, and he listened to our whole interview. And she she told me that he listened to the entire interview and she got the funding. And I thought that was amazing. I was like, wow! Like, oh talk about gosh. a return on investment for the time. Like it. So yeah, a potential investor is like tuning in, saw that it was published. She had posted it on LinkedIn and he tuned in. He's not my, my audience. My audience is women, but he was interested in her and he took the time to listen. I was like, that is amazing. I was glad that she circled back and told me that. That's, that is so cool. And that just shows you that it's not always the existing like subscribers of that show that end up helping you get the return on investment because people like that will selectively listen. Our client, Dave Sanderson, you know, part podcast interviews helped him get his TEDx talk because he actually kind of created a speaker reel using clips of interviews he did on podcasts. You know, this, like people say, oh, I want to use interviews to get speaking opportunities. Like this is the speaking opportunity, you know, don't overlook that. (laughs) Totally. And I think that's part of the education. And that's why I appreciate you guys taking the time because I think people, you know, for those of us who love listening to podcasts, I've introduced friends to them who'd never listened to them. And now they listen to 10 of them. You know, it's like once you get into the idea of listening, it's become something that becomes a part of your daily life. And it's so fun and it's, you learn. I mean, there's so many different reasons people tune in. Um, You guys um, also talk about, so we talked about expanding your network, boosting your visibility and monetizing. Um, I'm curious, you know, are there any other tips or resources you think that we didn't cover today that you think is worth mentioning? Yeah. And also looking at these interviews as your connection to other opportunities, not just opportunities, meaning, oh, people are going to hear your interview and then pay you money to, to work with you. But we've had clients that were interviewed on a podcast and then the host, like they hire the host. So it might lead you to other investments that ultimately like, you know, like I remember we had a client who was interviewed on Kelly Roach's podcast and then they became Kelly Roach's client. And then that program is what like, got them to the next, this next level. So it does open up possibilities and opportunities. Um, so the ROI comes in so many different ways. <laughs> it, it totally does. And, and just to speak to the host can smell that. I've only had one guest out of almost 90 podcasts now that clearly was like checking the box of, okay, you know, and it's like, it's a small community because she had been on a few other podcasts that I knew the hosts and, I didn't say anything when they commented, but I had had the same experience. And I thought, oh, that's your reputation. This isn't just about what you're getting out of it. This is this is an actual relationship that you're developing, even if you're not keeping in touch. Like it's a po- it's a touch point with an actual human being who's investing their time in promoting you and your expertise. Yeah, it's funny. We part of our. <laughs> One of the fun parts about our job of of being, you know, podcast booking agents is kind of managing the egos that that 
often come our way. Um, and we've got, we've gotten more refined in the types of clients, like the psychographic of who we work well with, because it is, you know, for a while there, I feel like there was this, um, you know, sort of this motivation to like work with bigger names. And like, honestly, the bigger name clients are kind of the most nightmarish clients because they're too, they're too good for any opportunity that you can get for them. And so, have you know one of our core values is excellence and and part of that is always being humble enough to know that you can always be better than you are today um so like you know we had a client once that was like i'm already a great guest i don't need your help there and i'm like actually i had a, a page full of notes about ways you can improve but okay you know so always being open to improving and never and always being humble enough to know that you always have something to learn you know you're never too good for an opportunity <laughs> What do you guys see as the future of podcasting? You know, I think of how media has changed so much with different platforms, with social media. Everybody has a voice now and an opportunity to speak. We also are seeing a lot of really cool new businesses coming up. Like when people hear about Interview Connections, they're like, oh, a business in the podcasting space. That's crazy. But now it really is viable to monetize all these different aspects of podcasting now. Um, we interviewed Melinda Whitstock on our podcast who has an app coming out called Podopolo. And it is a player app and it's also geared towards advertisers so that smaller shows can still make money on advertising by being able to engage more with their audience in the app and then really understand the demographic and what they want and share that information with advertisers who can then invest in them. So I think being able to monetize in in terms of advertising for smaller, more targeted shows and advertisers understanding the value of small targeted audiences is something that we're going to see more of. Completely. It's exciting. I'm excited to see where it goes, especially with the growth, like you said, since since Jess launched in 2013. And I had a podcast back in 2008. And like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, nobody was podcasting back then. I kind of wish I stuck with it. Right? <laughs> so um, I know that you guys offer a free masterclass. Do you have one coming up in case people want to jump on and learn yeah. more? Yeah. Yeah. So our next masterclass um, is happening July 13th. So we, we teach the whole core, you know, curriculum basically is teaching you how to monetize interviews on other people's podcasts. So this is a masterclass for six plus figure entrepreneurs. We do it in our Facebook group and um, you could register at interviewconnections.com slash masterclass. And if you hear this after July 13th, just go there anyway, because we always update the page with the next round. <laughs> awesome. I'll link it in the show notes anyway. And um, where, so where can people learn more about you, your company? The best place to go is, as I said, our Facebook group, which you can find at interviewconnections.com slash group. In addition to the masterclasses, we have weekly free trainings. It's a great community for six-figure and above entrepreneurs who are really looking to leverage guesting to grow their thought leadership. Such a great conversation. Thank you both for coming back on. I'm always happy to see you. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. This is Michelle Lamoureux, and you've been listening to the Good Life Coach Podcast. If you're interested in taking Jess and Margie's free podcast guesting masterclass that begins on July 13th, you can sign up now. Just head over to thegoodlifecoach.com 
forward slash 087 for today's episode, or just head to thegoodlifecoach.com and you'll see their interview right on the homepage. Click through to the show notes. And when you scroll down under resources, you will see the link to their masterclass. I have taken it in the past and it is jam packed with such great information. So definitely check it out if you're interested. I hope you enjoyed today's interview and I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.